0: The Minnesota Wild roster has just about taken shape. Who do we like to fill the final couple of spots? Plus, those line combos. Let's discuss. We talk about that and more today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of Locked on Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked on Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, Tyson McKay of the Hockey Writers joins us to talk about the very nearly complete Minnesota Wild roster. We'll talk about some of the potential line combos to start the season. And we finish today by discussing our three biggest fears for the 2022-2023 season. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer with well over a decade's worth of experience covering all of your favorite Minnesota sports teams and guiding you now through the preseason, almost to the start of the regular season here on Lockdown Wild, and joined, as mentioned, by Tyson McKay of the Hockey Writers who covers the Minnesota Wild. Tyson, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on, and uh, we're getting down to just about the start of the regular season, so it's great to finally see this roster get close to what we will see to start the season. Obviously, a few spots uh, up for grabs, and so Let's just go right into some of those guys who are fighting for those final couple of spots. You've got Nick Patan, you've got Mason Shaw, you've got uh, Andre Schuster as well. Uh, any of those guys in particular impressed you more than the others so far here in the preseason?
1: Um, right up until the, the last couple of games, I was, I was really in on Nick Patan. I think he looked great on the, the line uh, replacing Greenway with and Fueno um he had you know he doesn't have the size that that some of those guys usually have but he uh, he definitely had this the skill there to to hold up uh, his own end of the end of the ice but Mason Shaw in that last game has just taken a whole new level for me he looked amazing um he just has speed that is unbelievable and his toughness i mean he's gone through so many injuries and stuff He's just uh, at this point, you know, a, a, almost a veteran in the AHL. He's been down there for many years now, and he is just lighting it up. So for me, he's he's kind of taking the lead in that category. Uh, Schuster, I thought, was almost a little bit disappointing. Um, he hasn't looked as excellent as I hoped he would. Uh, but then again, you know, I'm kind of – I'm a big Kalen Addison kind of fan, so – Whenever you're comparing stuff to Kalen Addison, it's it's kind of hard to live up to, to him <laughs> in that category. So,
0: yeah, it's you know it's intriguing because you look at it and almost take Schuster's size and give it to Patan to play on that line with Ericssonek and Foligno. Um I, I was floored that he was uh, was five nine and was uh, was still going out there with those two guys. But hey, you know the the best part about this is that we have multiple guys that have been fighting up until the uh, the end of the season for those final couple of spots. And so who ends up uh, making the roster will, uh, will obviously be determined here within the next couple of days. I wanted to talk about the line combos that we uh, are going to likely see. We've seen them through a couple of preseason games so far. Uh, let's start with the first one. Uh, Connor Dewar, Brandon Duhame, and Marco Rossi. Seems likely that that will be the combo we'll see to start the season. What do you think of those three? Obviously, we would like to see Marco Rossi you know, in a higher role as the season goes on, in an elevated top six role. But at the end of the day, do, do you like that combo to uh, to start the season, to kind of give Rossi an opportunity to acclimate to the NHL level with uh, a couple of guys that, that were in a very similar situation to him? and now can kind of show him the way a little bit.
1: I think that's exactly it, right? Whenever you think Marco Rossi, everyone immediately assumes 1C, like he is our best center prospect. He needs to go right to 1C. It's just, it's very, very rare that something like that is ever going to happen. I don't know if it ever has happened. There's just a, a learning curve to the NHL that is unlike any other league. So, I mean, even someone as skilled as Rossi, He's gonna need time just to adjust to to the NHL pace to playing against the best players in the world. So if you take someone even as good as he is and just plop him one C right off the bat, he's gonna he's gonna struggle and and you don't know what kind of adverse effects that can have on him, right on his mental game, on his on his even his physical game, you know he'd be playing against all the top lines for the rest of the league so I think you put him in in a situation where he can succeed um you put him with Dewar and Duhame on that quote fourth line for the wild and uh, I think they have the potential to be a deadly scoring combination there as well I think Dewar's got a lot more skill than a lot of people give him credit for Duhame, uh he's kind of settled down a little bit last year (laughs) he came in a little hot um he's uh he seems like he's he settled down a little bit. He's kind of found more of his his own game throughout the the off He looked great in preseason. Um, so I think that that combination at the beginning of the year is top notch. I, I think that's exactly where Rossi needs to be for the start, and then and then you see where it goes from there.
0: Yeah, and you know, you hit on a really important part of this. I think is that the coaching staff. I think is setting him up for a situation where he can be fueled by the kind of the lift that that would give to elevate the roster as opposed to starting at the top from the beginning and if that doesn't work then dropping him back down it, it is something that i think the uh, the coaching staff is aware of and you know if he graduates off of that fourth line relatively early that's just a testament to how good he's been throughout the preseason
1: He's uh, he's really, he's got the skill, but uh, he just needs to, I think he needs to find just his niche in the team and then just grow from there.
0: Um, we're going to talk about, we got a couple of other lines to get to, and I want to talk as well about uh, some things that Dean Evason is looking at doing, such as home and road line combinations that maybe are used in one One spot and maybe not in others. And so uh, we'll continue to just kind of look at where things stand with the lines. Tell me about the lines. We'll talk more about those after we come back here on Locked On Wild. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, plus team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, betonline.net remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every single sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to betonline.net right now or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find all that and so much more at betonline.net, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. And Wild listeners, I've got some exciting news. Along with our show, you can find all the other Locked On Minnesota podcasts now available on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as part of the Locked On Sports Minnesota app. More great local sports coverage 24-7 and free of charge. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Joined by Tyson McKay today of the Hockey Writers. And Tyson, let's go to that Matt Boldy line because... As it stands, and again, this is being recorded on Thursday before the preseason game against Chicago, Matt Boldy, Sam Steele, and Freddie Goudreau. This line, to me, feels like one that will change once Jordan Greenway is back in the equation. Uh, Is that a fair assessment that either Sam Steele or Freddie Goudreau is kind of holding the place for the likely... Fill in for Jordan Greenway, that being Tyson Jost.
1: Definitely feels like that to me. It feels kind of like, uh, almost like a hodgepodge line uh, that they're just kind of sticking together right now while they they try some things out. Um, I'm not sure that Steele is going to be uh, a long time kind of participant in in that in that line. Um, I think I think Jost really has shown this preseason that he has some skill there Um, I think you put him with with Boldy specifically and Goudreau Uh, we know Goudreau can can handle the pressure that comes with being on a high offensive line last year uh, with Boldy and Fiala he was outstanding so I think eventually um, if you end up with a with a Boldy Jost Goudreau line I think you're you're in a good spot
0: Yeah, it's it just to me, like I see those three put together and I'm like, yeah, that's that's okay for for the start, because I think Boldy is skilled enough to be able to kind of pull that line ahead, which is interesting because it's essentially the same thing that happened to Kevin Fiala last year. And we got 10 games into the season and it's like, what's going on here? But um, I think those—I think you hit it right on. It just—it feels like those guys are just kind of keeping the seats warm until Greenway's back. Then you got the grief line at full, full strength, and they'll settle the pieces after that. So it, it'll look different, you know, a couple of weeks into the season. And of course, we got the Caprizov line. That's not going to change, even with Marco Rossi centering Caprizov and Zuccarello in tonight's preseason game. Ryan Hartman is still the guy. He is still the number one center for this team.
1: There's, there's just no getting around that Hartman has earned that spot. He, he worked hard. He took a, he took a long path to get to where he is. And he looked solid all year last year. He had a fantastic year and I think he would have to have a pretty hard fall off to drop himself out of that position. He is uh He's not the driving force like a lot of people think a one C needs to be, but you have Kirill Kaprizov. You don't really need that driving force. You need someone who's gonna, you know, be a complement to Kaprizov and Zuccarello. So I mean, Hartman is exactly that. He's not afraid to shoot the puck. We see him. He drops that one knee with that with the shot <laughs> all the time. A signature Hartman move, and and he's figured out how to put the puck in the net and I don't know what else you can you can ask of him he has been everything and more that that they ask of him so he's he's really deserving of that spot to me and I like him there so
0: yeah <laughs> super super underrated and you know he's he's just going to continue to uh, get those opportunities for the wild at that spot now let's let's talk defense a little bit because During the offseason, there was an interesting wrinkle that was put out into the internet, the Twitter sphere, by Dean Evason and by Bill Guerin that, hey, the Wild might try to shake their D lines up a little bit so they can hit you with that speed pursuit and they can hit you with that one-two punch of Matt Dumba and Jake Middleton. So let's just start right there. Do you like the idea of being able to kind of mix lines uh, to attack opponents depending on who you play. If you've got a more fast team, you can throw Brodine and Spurgeon out there to pursue the top players. If you have a team that is going to try to kind of slow it down a little bit, you can knock them over with Dumba and Middleton. What do you think?
1: I I love the idea. I think it's fantastic. The The potential pairings that you have between those four players bring – just a completely different dynamic between whenever like altering any of them. So you got Brodine and Spurgeon on that top line. I mean, they're probably up there with some of the best shutdown top lines in the entire NHL. Like there's not much getting by them. You got Middleton and Dumba. You're just unstoppable. Basically, those two are going <laughs> to outwork everybody that they possibly can. Um, Middleton's going to look great doing it with that stash. And then, you know, the possibility of mixing it back up and going back to those lines that we saw, the Middleton-Spurgeon-Brody-and-Dumbo lines, those are tried and tested at this point. They They worked solid last year. I can't imagine that, you know, a bit more bit more time together a bit more experience on the ice especially with middleton coming in at the trade deadline you know he gets some more experience with Spurgeon um, they develop some more chemistry and you're looking at you know some some pairings there that can really just alter the way a game feels depending on which opponent you're facing every night and whether it's a home game or an away game too uh, altering them you know based on who you're playing and where you're playing them just Everything leads to an advantage is something that you want to have. Yeah, it, it gives
0: it gives Dean options. And as good as last year went, it did feel like the Wilds were kind of one of those teams where it's like everything goes according to plan and we're fine. We don't make any changes. It's like if things don't, it's like, well, we're just gonna, you know, try to dig out of this with this group. So some different options. I I'll give it two thumbs up. Try some things, and the worst that happens is you find something that works that you can go to, and the opponent is like, um, what is this? So, yeah, I'm, I'm fully in favor of it, and hopefully it uh, leads to some success for uh, the Wild. We're going to finish today's episode by looking at our three biggest fears for this season, and we'll see if they are fears that can be easily dispelled as we finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. I'll mention it again. For those of you that are on Roku and Amazon Fire TV, you can now find Lockdown Wild and all of the other Locked on Sports Minnesota podcasts by going to the Locked on Sports Minnesota app, local sports coverage, 24-7, free of charge, Again, Roku and Amazon Fire TV users, download the Locked on Sports Minnesota app today and enjoy our shows anywhere. Tyson McKay is my guest of the Hockey Writers, and uh, Tyson, huge fan of the show Archer. So when we were kind of laying out what we were going to talk about here today, I had a particular scene that, uh, that came to mind. It's when uh, Lana and Archer are in the Everglades on the... Uh, the airboat and it breaks down and Lana's like what are your three biggest fears so we're going to tweak that a little bit and we're going to make it wild related so let's let's go to yours and we'll do one at a time and we'll see if it's something that the wild can fix if it's something that legitimately needs to be worried about um so yeah well what are your three biggest wild fears for 2022 2023
1: uh, so I thought about this a little bit. Um, my first one is is the dreaded sophomore slump. I think we talked about Matt Boldy in that line a little bit. Um, he lost his his partner in Kevin Fiala, um, so I think uh, Sam Steele is a good replacement. But Boldy's going to be the driving offensive line on that force now, and if if we hit a sophomore slump with him, I think there is going to be some. Some major offensive issues that may come up out of that. Yeah, that's,
0: I mean, that's that's a very good one because that has been one of the big questions all throughout the offseason leading up to the season. Was it Kevin Fiala? Was it Matt Boldy? Was it a little column A, little column B? I'm still of the little column A, little column B belief, but, you know, they, there is potential that it takes him a little while to kind of adjust to life after Fiala to start this season. And I think that is where seeing Dean use a bunch of these different line combos is what is going to have to help if that does happen. They're just going to have to try some things out and um and see what works, maybe to get Boldy going, you give Caprizov some shifts with him just to try to kind of jump start things, get the car battery going again. So I think it is a concern, potentially, if it is something that the Wild deal with. I think we'll just see Dean juggle the line combos just to try to get Boldy going. And once Boldy gets going, he can be the one to lead the other two players on his
1: line. Yeah, and I think the the key there is that Boldy is such a good player that it almost feels like he can only be down for so long. He feels like eventually he is going to break out and be an absolute star. He just seems to thrive all over the ice.
0: Yeah. So it, and you you look at, you know, he's going to get a ton of power play opportunities this year. So, if he's maybe in 5 on 5 not off to the greatest start, he's going to get opportunities there that can kind of get him going. And so, I I'm right with with you. He's a fantastic player, and so if he does have a little bit of a skid, it's not going to be a long one.
1: Yeah, that's that's the hope anyways, is he can, he can keep it rolling. <laughs> uh, so my second one, uh, is, uh, we had so many players last year that just had absolute career years. And I know the, the kind of overall narrative for a lot of other teams looking at the wild is, is, are they going to regress? Are those players going to drop back from their career years? You've got Zuccarello, Hartman on that top line both had career years. Um, Fulino in the in part of the grief line he had an absolute monster year. Um, Freddie Gaudreau basically came out of nowhere and and just put up the points like nobody expected. So that'd be one of my fears is that some or or even like all of those players start to regress.
0: And that's that's a really good one too. And that one I think depends kind of on. The the situation. You You look at Hartman and Zuccarello, for instance. Kirill Kaprizov is going to generate X amount of chances a season that are going to lead to those guys getting just extremely good looks because of the amount of attention that he draws. So I am of the belief, I think, Ryan Hartman and, you know, the other thing, too, is is regression can take many forms. Like, you can go from being a 65-point guy, as Hartman was this last season, to 55 to 60 and maybe not necessarily 30 goals. Still a strong season, but obviously not what he did this past year. And so if he continues to be able to capitalize on those opportunities that he gets from Kirill, I think he's going to be just fine. Zuccarello, too, he may... F- Float to kind of his career averages, but his chemistry is so good with Kaprizov. I tend to think those guys are going to be okay. You know, the one I would point to maybe as the uh, the the one who is most likely to would be either Felino or Freddie Goudreau, just because perfect storm for Goudreau to be between Boldy and Fiala. So does it take a little while for that line to get going again? Could be. So I, I, I don't know. It's it, it's one of those things that just could go in so many different ways because it also depends on, like, how the shots get distributed. All of the shots Fiala took, you know, Felino's going to get some of those, Zuccarello, Hartman. All those guys are going to get some of those shots. If they can score some of those goals too,
1: I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I was a, I was a big fan of uh – hartman's answer to uh, i think it was michael russo on russo, one of his his articles he said he really doesn't care if he gets one goal and the team gets 100 points then then he'll be happy it'll be a good year and i think that's uh an attitude that a lot of the players have and yep. i think it'll make a, a big difference in this year everyone is a team first kind of player and uh it'll make uh make it interesting for sure we might see some players pop out that we weren't expecting like last year we had a bunch of players pop out so uh could be a fun year it should
0: absolutely be another fun year it's just it's a team that up and down the lineup believes that they have the opportunity to do some good things and so they're just going to keep cashing in on those
1: opportunities we'll keep enjoying it every time they do (laughs) a hundred percent uh, and my last one, uh, my last one is Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, any major injuries to Fleury um, could have some devastating consequences. I know our second and third goaltenders are not exactly the most uh, NHL um, prepared. I know Gustafson is uh, has been in the NHL a little bit. Yep. Uh, Zane McIntyre had an absolutely solid – year at the end there in the ahl he put up some big minutes and some big games and and helped a lot but um flurry has a tendency to to play a very animated very athletic style of of goaltending that you don't really see much of and it's very entertaining but there's some of those saves that he makes that i'm like i have no idea how he didn't pull something (laughs) doing that because like the man is the man is defying age at this point he is no doubt amazing at what he does but but sometimes you just gotta worry just a little bit about the chance that that if he goes down I mean we're looking at a starting goaltender expected to play probably around the 60 game mark you know maybe a little bit above depending on how Gustafson does so I mean that's a that's a heavy workload to try and replace
0: Yeah, and I think that is the biggest question mark for this team heading into this season. If Fleury is able to get through the season and performs well, obviously it's not a huge deal. But if he does have stretches, and not even necessarily to say injury, but if he has a stretch where he just gets super worn down and if Gustafson doesn't perform well, this team's probably going to be in trouble at the goaltending position. So it's an absolute wild card. Uh, Thankfully, all the things that Dean Evason has said about Gustafson in training camp are good, but again, you don't know until you start playing those games against the NHL level competition to uh, to see how things are going to play out. So that is the one. That's the one that I think we're just gonna we're just gonna leave because you really don't know,
1: and we'll deal with it if uh, if it becomes an issue. Yeah, and and that's another situation where where people tend to have have that uh, almost Rossi like mindset towards Wallstedt. They seem to think that he's just going to be able to. He looked great in his preseason games, but uh, you have to remember that a lot of that preseason game is not against a full NHL caliber opponent. So he did look solid. Yeah, uh, super exciting, but I don't think uh, I don't think we see. Uh, Walstead as a savior this year, if anything happens. So, uh, it could be, uh, could be a major question mark there, but it's a time will tell kind of situation.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the one we just have to dive into the season full on. And that's, that's the deer running across the road that you can't worry about until it's right in front of you. So the other two, I, I think we have a, hopefully a good chance of avoiding, but that that third one that's that's the big key for this season. So we will leave things at that. Tyson, though, before we go again, thank you for joining the show today. Just let the listeners know where they can find your work so that they can uh, can keep up with your thoughts on the Minnesota Wild all season long.
1: Yeah, so uh, you can find me at uh, the Hockey Writers. Um, you can also find I post all my stuff on uh, on Twitter, so you can you can follow me there. Uh, see all the stuff that I post. I do. Uh, Most of the game day preview kind of stuff, Um, just some thoughts, stuff as they happen to strike me, put some articles down. And uh, I think we're going to be starting up um, a weekly kind of prospect uh, coverage, keep an eye on some of the many talents that the Wild have spread across most of of Europe and North America. So um, first one of those will be coming out next week, later next week. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that one
0: outstanding that will do it for today's episode of lockdown wild so again thank you for tuning in and now that your first listen of the day is done it's the On nhl podcast next up for you make sure to check it out so that you don't miss out on anything going on throughout the nhl as we gear up for the start of the season also make sure to subscribe on youtube hit that notification button so you don't miss out on any episodes leading up to the start of the regular season, which is just a week away. Also follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss out there either. We are keeping you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network.